buenos días y bienvenidos a This Could Have Been an Email, the podcast. Hello, everyone. That was a shout out to Latin History Month. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. How are you, Alex? I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. I'm just thinking about everything going on. I don't want to complain anymore. I feel like I'm going on episode two or three of like you all can. my fall drama. You can. But it's like evening out. Started the new job this week. Still gonna. Congrats. I feel like so I'll maybe exciting. like announce it in our season finale or something. Why not? Slash, if you look me up on LinkedIn, you'll find it. I just don't feel informed enough about the experience yet to share anything about it, and therefore I don't want to like like out the. That's a thoughtful stance to take. Thank I just you. feel like sometimes we've worked with a couple males who come in right away. And after day three, you're like, I know how everything works here. Right. I know every vibe. And Correct. you're like, I'm going to sit back and not be super insulting to every Correct. one of my peers and Correct. be like, I'd like to seek to understand who you are and your workflow and your job. I, yeah. For what it's worth, day one, they did an overview of values. And I actually thought Love it was that. really wonderful. I mean, they have like 12 values, which is kind of a lot of values. A lot, a lot of values. The goal of that was that by end of day, there was like a toast that we did on Zoom to me, which is really cute. And I had to pick one of the values that I wanted to cute. really own for like my first few weeks. And I picked like, listen, essentially listening and like seeking to understand. Because that's all I'm doing, yes. you know? So more to come. Cute it's intro. A, right? New it was job. really well done. Yeah. Um, I am excited to like really talk about it, but. That's great. The suspense will kill you all. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> wait. I feel like that's a character from a movie. You do Maybe. characters. I think I just do characters in my head. You do characters. Um, yes, but probably. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. My padre is in town. Hey, Padre. Hey, Padre. Hey, Kurash. Um, yeah, my dad is visiting from Texas, so that's very cool, and it's very timely because not only is it great that he gets to, like, visit, you know, his grandkids and all yeah. that, but whenever he comes, my brother also lives, like, an hour and a half away, so they both came over yesterday and spent the night, so it's so nice to, like, wake up Family. in this, like, multi-generational home for yeah. a second and it was kind of crazy because it's also I I grew up and I feel like we could do a whole episode on this like yeah. trying to distance myself a little bit from my identity my dad is from Iran like immigrant ran away after the fall of the Shah I could talk Oof. for hours about that and so our home was very much like you should be paid out to be Persian mm. and I was like I just want to be not that yeah and, I just want to be American yeah <laughs> and and now it's like I want to be Persian AF even yeah. though my kids are like blonde and blue-eyed I gave them very Persian middle names <laughs> so it was crazy talking about some current events with the protests going on in Iran right now, women cutting their hair and refusing mm -hmm. to wear a hijab or a chador. If you're not up on that, I really encourage you to read through that. My dad even just like, he just like low-key lays down these facts, which is fascinating. And we were talking about Queen Elizabeth's passing Ooh, and how like- It's been a wild month. Right? And I was like, yeah, I felt kind of some way about that. Like, I'm, I'm sad- you know, somebody passed, but also she lived a very long time and had a good life. And also, like, she was in charge of many, many a colonialistic vibe. And he was like, yeah, 
the British government was part of a huge Persian famine that killed 8 to 10 million Persians. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? So I kind of got schooled on a little bit of my history, but it was it was one of those moments where I was I was going through videos of women protesting in Iran and just being like so ballsy and strong and amazing. And I said to my husband, I was like, if things have changed, like I am one decision away from being a woman in Iran. Mm -hmm. Like if my dad would have married someone else, totally. if he would have been deported, if I would have been in Iran, like that could have been me. So it was like some heavy shit of like, yeah. whoa, whoa. <laughs> but some cool like grounding in your roots, right? Like this is who you are and kind of focused on that. I love so. that very much. And I don't want to keep downing this, but I will say similarly, I'm from the Dominican Republic yeah. and Hurricane Fiona decided to like, hit the Dominican Republic. And I don't really have immediate family there sure. anymore. But a hurricane hadn't hit there since like early like the early 2000s or something wild That's like that. That's like, crazy. What is going on with the world? I know. It's burning. It's, it's all, burning. It's all burning. Uh, it's, <laughs> and it's important to stay in touch with the flames, right? <laughs> like, just keep your pulse. Oh, my God. I know. Well, I'm hoping that at minimum, what do they say? Like, everything comes in threes. Yes. Maybe those are the three big things. Maybe. For that this would, month. And, that would and be we'll really take a nice. Beat through the holidays and things will get a little better. That would be really nice. I don't know. Right. It'd be nice to just, like, enjoy fall. Right. Enjoy, like, a good snow. Right. With an episode of Gilmore Girls. And Who wouldn't <laughs> want that? Who wouldn't want that? live your life. Anywho, yeah. we have a fun topic, I think, to discuss today, which is like a total 180 from our But kind of just as crazy. It's like, yeah. it's like a Wild West yes. scenario, right? A thousand right? percent. And I think heavily influenced by women and women's yes. power. You know, I think Nicole and I both work in some form of consumer marketing where, you know, all I've heard the last 12 years of my career is how women have the purchasing power. We always have. And it's like we are completely ignored half the time, which is fascinating. It is fascinating. <laughs> it's and infuriating. So today, specifically in terms of that buying power, we're actually diving into your point, Wild West, of real estate and home buying. So I was very excited when I met my realtor that helped Brett and I buy our home. Brett had owned before. He had some experience with it, although apparently in the Midwest, people like buy property very young and he was very young and hadn't done it in a while. So we were like on an equal playing field, like really right. not knowing what the fuck was going on Absolutely. with like anything. It was like a foreign language to us. But I wanted to have her on to really help level set for us the role that realtors play, you know, in our process of home buying and investing in real estate, because let's be honest, like I, I look this up and I'm I don't really keep up with history, as I've disclosed. <laughs> but before 1974, women were not legally permitted to buy a home without a male as a co-signer. Yeah. Do you know who changed that? Who? RBG? Bader. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I love it. Connecting dots. Mm -hmm. um, and that was 50 years ago. But like so much of history, it's like that was only 50 years ago. And that's Absolutely. like our grandmas. And that's switched a lot. Like today, women actually outpace men in getting mortgages. So according to the National Association of Realtors, 19% of today's single home buyers are women. And that's compared to just 9% of single men, which is crazy to think that in 1974, they were ignoring that. In fact, single women have bought more homes than single men every year since at least 1981. That is so wild to me. It's, it's I cannot. It's what? The other thing that we found was a recent Bank of America study that reported that 65% of single women 
prospective home buyers would rather not wait for marriage to buy, which yeah. I also thought was amazing. So, I mean, I'd love to have some kind of like anthropologist on here, but obviously humans have changed so much over the years, right? Like we're yes. all in our 30s. I'm just getting married. Yes. I'm just going to have kids at some point and I'm just buying a home. And that was like not the case 50 plus years ago when everything happened in your early 20s. So women are pretty badass. And I'm excited to just learn more from our guests today about what that's like for women, how realtors can help millennial women, especially, but anyone, you know, in home buying in this market through a lot of the challenges that that I both saw. I mean, I don't know, the jargon, the legalese. It's I so much. It makes no sense. It's so, Miss so, Solvay, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You are helping millennial mamas invest in their future, and we just want to know all about you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. My name's Solvay. I have been a realtor for the last almost four years. I am a mom of one. I live in the Madison area. And I actually grew up in Madison, moved away for a little while, and then came back like many Midwesterners do. My dad was a real estate broker and a home builder in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. And real estate has, you know, has always kind of been in the background of my life, but I didn't get into it until after I had my child and needed a change in career and always very interested in, you know, the stuff you see on TV about real estate, but also just love helping people and being around people and wanted to merge both of those yeah. passions and decided to, you know, dive in and take a shot. Let's kind of start with how you decided that this was the right profession for you. So it it hasn't always been a traditional career path. Some folks will get into the business of real estate and it doesn't always seem like there's like, yeah, I studied real estate. I majored in right. real estate in college. But from your Instagram and social, it is clear that one, I don't know if I want you walking through my house because your staging <laughs> is beautiful. But two, it's clearly so much work. So can you tell us about yeah. your journey and, and how you got here? So I graduated college. I went to a liberal arts school and graduated right when the recession happened in 2008. So I, I had a career path kind of zigging and zagging through opportunities that that I just was able to get because, you know, the, the pickings were slim, so mm -hmm, to speak. Mm -hmm. And then I had a career in a corporate environment, but that wasn't 100% for me. So I knew I didn't want to go back to that when I had my kid. Real estate interested me because of the reason that a lot of people get into real estate, that it appears to have a very flexible schedule. You get to be out and about. Every day is a little bit different. You're with people. You get to see cool houses, help people with marketing and design and all these fun things. It is, it's not all that. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's flexible, so to speak, but it's a lot of time and it's a lot of work. But I think I really picked a career that works really great for me and what mm -hmm. I need out of life. And I've created the flexibility within the job to allow to be home with my family, but also get out and help people buy and sell real estate. Did the fact that your dad was in kind of a tangential kind of space in the home building contracting process, did that help? Did that hurt? Did that make you more nervous? Were you like, oh, I'll just dip my toe into this <laughs> pond? I didn't have a lot of insight into his career mm. because he was brought into it by his dad, who had a, a large plumbing business. And then my dad 
got into plumbing, but then also branched into real estate and home building and general contracting. And then, you know, when I was a kid, he brought my brother in for a lot of the home building mm, process. Interesting. So I remember I did one of those take your daughter to work day things with him once and like went to a job site and looked in a hole. And, you know, that was kind of my, <laughs> my experience. Ooh, cool hole. And he, for him as his experience in real estate, he was building and selling his own products. So mm -hmm. he wasn't mm. out helping selling. people buy and helping other people sell. He could do that and he did that occasionally, but generally he was building his own product. It was a spec home, so he didn't have custom clients coming in and choosing different finishes. Sure. He built it, he listed it, he sold it. He tried to do all of the things in-house as much as possible. So seeing him in it is not really what brought me in. What brought me in was when I was looking for our third home and we were needing to sell and buy at the same time, which is very complicated. And the market was just starting to get competitive. And my dad and also our longtime family friend was acting as our realtor because my dad wasn't super active in it anymore. And he was showing us these homes and, you know, just saw how interested I was in the market. And and the buying process and how social I was. And he's like, you really should think about getting into this profession. I think that that you would do really well. And I'm a very risk averse person. So to take that Same. leap into something where you're there's no guaranteed income, it's a 100 percent commission job mm -hmm. and you have to invest a lot of money at the front. So you have to take a, a leap and, you know, go through that time of you might not get paid for a while. But having that support and confidence from another person who had been in the profession for 40 years allowed me to take that leap. Sure. Yeah. I feel, I'm hearing so many parallels to both Chef Jen and Anna, both of those episodes, because I think it's so funny. Sometimes if you haven't done the self-work to figure out what it is that you're passionate about mm -hmm. and like what you really want to do, sometimes it just takes that other person seeing you mm -hmm. for you and making that recommendation. I love that so much. And also the timing, too. Yeah. It was really the right time to start something new because mm -hmm. I had left my corporate job to be home with my daughter. So I wasn't choosing to leave something where I had this salary and replace it with something else. It was this is an opportunity where I can try to do something new. Mm -hmm. And I've also always been a person who's been interested in lots of different things. So it's hard to always, you know, pick what what career is going to match that, you know, especially going into a liberal arts education where you're educated to do anything. Right. But you're not sent down a direct path of this is what your career should be. Yeah. Talk about even in marketing. I'm like, this is so general. What <laughs> yeah. do I do now? I do want to also actually go back to something you said, because I also feel like I heard this in the Anna episode, and I'm, I want to really dive into it for a sec. But my dad was also a contractor, actually, mm. growing up. And my parents were divorced when I was like four, but I would still get to see him. And he worked in New York City. And I will never forget doing something very similar where he <laughs> took me to a, like a grocery store he was building and he was like pouring concrete in the stairs. And I remember it like vividly. And I remember thinking like, this is such a cool job. Like, why, why can't I like visit more often or like see him do this work more often? And in the Anna episode, we just talked a lot about... Um, like when girls are introduced to certain things and boys when they're growing up. And I just think like it's such a good reminder. Take gender out of it, you know, yeah. it, like, you know, your mm -hmm. dad didn't know any different then. Like it's a generational thing. But Absolutely. like always take both of your kids to your job. Yes. <laughs> right. Like he would bring my brother and pay him to like help what? out at the job site. And I'm like, why can't I do that? Yeah. Granted, he did let me clean some of the spec houses. <laughs> 
Oh, God. The gender <laughs> traditional roles. gender roles. Anyway, yeah. The, In Fitchburg, just a nod to the so parents up there. Up oh, the hill, nice. just a little way. Nice. That's so funny. Nice. So, speaking of, I think you've mentioned a lot of terms that I personally still find very confusing. I feel like you <laughs> explained them to us a little bit. You're obviously part of. A bigger company, I'm saying in air quotes, because that's probably not even the right wording. Who knows? But would love, (laughs) you know, from you again, and for any of our listeners that really don't understand this industry, would love to hear a little bit more from you on like, what is the difference between a realtor and a broker? And to your point, it's a huge investment for yourself up front. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like it's quite a journey. So any any context you can provide for us to kind of level set there would be awesome. Yeah. And I'll start by saying it's different from state to state. So also fair. And I don't know a lot outside of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. But in Wisconsin, when you become a real estate licensee, you take the coursework, you pass a test, you register with the Department of Health and DSPS, (laughs) Safety and Professional Services, I believe. That sounds right. Yeah. Acronyms. And then you're a licensee and you have to hang up your license at a brokerage or a firm. For some reason, they have several different names for all of these different careers and things. But anyway, so a brokerage would be, you know, a real estate company. Okay. So as a licensee, you cannot go out and practice by yourself in the state of Wisconsin. You have to be with a company. Once you've been practicing for at least three years, you can get a broker's license. And then you could go out and start your own company. You could also stay with a larger company and just hold what's called a broker associate license. You have, you know, more study behind it. You can manage other agents. Uh, you've passed another test. You've had, you have more experience. So there are just a few more requirements involved mm-hmm. for being a broker. But generally, for consumers, the person whom you're working with is a licensee. If that licensee has joined the National Association of Realtors, mm-hmm. then they are a realtor. So not all licensees are realtors, but all realtors are licensees. Are licensees and. The National Association of Realtors, and then there are also there's this Wisconsin Realtors Association, and there's a South Central Wisconsin. All, you know, there's all these associations, mm-hmm. but when you're a member of those organizations, we also have a code of ethics that we follow beyond just what is the legal requirement of what we're sure. legally allowed to practice. Um, so if you're working with a licensee who is a realtor or who is a member of the NAR, they hold themselves to a, a higher standard oh, generally. But yeah, I mean, the the term is used interchangeably. Interchangeably. Is this something that consumers should know? Like, should a home buyer be like, are you a licensee or are you a realtor? I don't think you necessarily need to know. Search that the person that you're working with, you should be able to find out if they're members of those organizations, especially if they have done business. It's pretty easy to find out. You can always ask them if they're a member of the NAR. They don't need to have any extra training or expertise to be a member. It's just like I said that that they they have to follow a certain code of ethics. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. And is it so? That to me sounds like I don't want to say that it sounds easy, but it sounds like you do the work, you get licensed, and then <laughs> after three years of practicing under a broker. Mm-hmm. I think I'm following. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like that's that's a long time of like 
learning, practicing, mm-hmm. and figuring out if you want to really go out on your own or not. And mm-hmm. we did not fact check this, but I believe you'd mentioned that like 90% of realtors drop out after three years. Yeah, I was going to look that up, but yeah, it's generally it's about a high 89%, number. So what 90. drives that? I mean, is it like because it's so competitive and so like to your point, it seems like something that you can kind of easily transition into when mm-hmm. you want like a career change or something like that. So is there just like a crazy influx of licensees and realtors? Like what makes that so competitive? I think competitive? there are a few, a few factors. I think there's the perception of how easy it is to become mm-hmm. one because you mm-hmm. really only take, I think it's a 40-hour course and a test. And the test is not easy, but Sure. It's not you don't have to have a undergraduate degree or something. Right, sure. right, right. So anyone could go out and pay the money and that's only a couple hundred dollars to maybe accomplish those things. So there's a what appears to be an easy entry point. But all that test and the classes prepare you for is the practice of real estate. So it's the contractual information, the Got legal it. requirements. It doesn't tell you anything about how to practice the business how to run a business how to run how to run a real estate business yeah how to manage customers clients yeah Yeah, how to service your clients how to list a home the marketing that's required so one realtor to another one licensee to another they could be offering completely different services they could have completely different levels of expertise and experience i think another thing is people perceive it's easy money because Mm. you get in and it is 100% commission-based, and people see what realtors charge to list homes, and they think, oh, wow, look, look at how much money they make from just selling one house. Mm-hmm. And I get to go around and see all these fancy houses that I see on TV all the time. That sounds so much, fu- like, so it's much not, fun. It's not selling Sunset? <laughs> what? My Wait, expectations. You don't look like what's-her-face? What is the blonde that's I, I don't, I don't, know. Know. I don't watch Christine. it enough. We are so going to get like a Christine bell, in though, a good for way. Our office. Oh, really? <laughs> you guys do have like, a beautiful new office. Can you imagine office? wearing those outfits oh, in, in Madison? Oh, my God. Yeah. I, <laughs> that reminds I kind of want to do it just for funny. Do something. it. That's so funny. Yeah, and I think that people's perception of the commission and yeah. how, you know, the, the cost of listing your home or buying a home and what gets paid to the realtor, people don't realize that it doesn't just go to the person that's mm-hmm. helping you. It's paid to the firm, and then the firm has agreements with the agents of how the money is split. And it's split between the buyer's agent, the, you know, the person who brings the buyer, and the person who lists the home. And then it's, you know, pays all their expenses, and then, you know, they have different agreements with their brokerages, or they might be in a team, and there are other. So you see that that dollar amount, that's not what that person Make that's a great. Point. I'm actually really glad that we sold and bought with you guys because I know because <laughs> I actually met Solvay second to who you work with, mm-hmm. Allison, who was referred to me by like a friend in like Chicago or something in mm-hmm. Illinois. It was crazy. But I'm glad we were able to do both with you guys like and staging and everything because I, I remember thinking like, oh, Allison's just some maternity leave. I hope Solvay gets like commissioned for this. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so crazy. It, it, is, it is interesting though of your network. Like we've had this same realtor. Her name's Anna. She's wonderful. And she was referred to us from a friend that I have in Portland. Hmm. I was like, Lindsay, you started your own real estate business. She kind of, you know, joined. And I was like, do you know anyone good out here? And like, she made the connection Mm -hmm. for me. It was not through, it was me asking another woman who had an expertise in across the country. And she was like, this person looks very good. I've heard great things about, you know, and, and the connections. So I think it's really interesting from your perspective. And and again, you know, we all watch 
these caricatures sometimes <laughs> of much like Chef Jen, right? Totally. We all watch oh, yeah. caricatures of what it means Chefs, to be a chef, yeah. but like a lot of them, you know, they get on those challenges and they're like, wow, I just won more money than I make in a year. Right. 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 Like the, the hustle and the grind isn't always on display. Mm-hmm. Right. And so clearly that's a similar thing when you're a... Uh, not as much, but there's there are challenges when you're a home buyer, uh, and I know you know across the country it differs, but I think across the country in general the market's been crazy, and it's still crazy here in Madison. But I know like a couple years ago it was you know put in 15 escalation clauses. I never knew what an escalation clause was <laughs> I don't until know we sold our home. It's, oh my God, it's the wildest thing. Essentially, you put in an offer and you're like, <laughs> I'll pay X amount unless you get a higher offer. Oh. And then I'll go $1,000 over them up to this other higher amount. I think we had that on Brett's condo. episode about escalation clauses. So. And oh I would God. listen to it because it's like <laughs> drama times 20 and it felt kind of, shady but also beneficial for me as a seller but I felt bad anyways so what are what are some of the biggest challenges or gaps that you see for home buyers people buying homes in this market and do you see any differences in women buying homes in this market I think that the challenges just totally depend on what you know where that buyer is coming from and where they're looking nationally we've had a very competitive seller's market, and that's definitely been true in Madison. The market has been shifting a little bit nationally because of interest rates going up, which I'm sure you've heard all over the news. But real estate is, you know, it's the expression location, location, location. You really need to be hyper-local in analyzing what's going on in the market. Mm. And Madison is one of those markets where people are constantly moving to. Mm. So even though nationally, you know, things might be shifting, Madison is still getting more buyers. And what happens with supply and demand? You know, if you have more and more buyers, you're still going to have more demand than you have supply. Because what happened in the first recession or the recession in 2008 was a lot of home builders, my, my dad included, completely fell out of the market and stopped building because that put those smaller home builders out of business. And... Now we're just starting to get a new generation of small home builders coming back into the market. But there was a whole length of time where inventory wasn't created. And so supply, supply hasn't caught up. dropped, supply hasn't caught up. Mm. And then the pandemic happened. More people stayed in their homes, especially older people that we need to move and release their inventory for mm. the inventory to level out. Fascinating. Okay. So I guess the challenge for home buyers is just understanding the intricacies of what they are looking for and what their goals are. And that's the most important thing is finding a realtor that you trust that can help you go through that. And I think people have so much access, they feel, to the information about homes for sale, you know, being able to apply for mortgages online. And right. I mean, there are even websites where you can buy and sell houses virtually. Yeah. Nervous. I, I, that gives me hives. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> I want to. There's scratch. not a chance in hell. I'd be like, I'm. No. And to your point, it's almost like because to your point earlier about how easy it is to get into real estate, it's almost that confusion point. And I see it in actually in the space of social and marketing. Mm-hmm. I have a Facebook. This must be easy mm-hmm. to do professionally. And you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, oh my God, there's so much their strategy. Homes up on Facebook Marketplace. Right. Yeah. But right. So it, it feels like the information's all accessible. Mm-hmm. 
but it really just becomes a confusion of so much information from all these different places and you're not really getting advice and expertise of knowing how to deal with that and how to do the right thing you know know what you know what you can afford and how the rates are going to impact your payments and what you what do you need to do to get the house you want especially as the market's shifting because we've seen homes that are sitting and then a buyer still comes in and writes way over asking because their agent wasn't aware or isn't you know following up on what's happening in that moment in the market so that buyer's you know, overpaying, so to speak, for the home. Well, and I I think that's a good point to our listeners that don't take the expertise and the local awareness for granted. Because I know, you know, we bought our home that we're in right now in 2019 and we sold our home like a month after we we took our selling clause out of it, right? Mm -hmm. So we sold our home and we had on one day we we said no offers until the open house because that's what our realtor told us to do and we had five offers in 10 hours and we sold it for $60,000 more than we bought it 4 years before mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong we took out the carpet we put in hardwood floors <laughs> but like not $60,000 hardwood floors right and we like changed the light fixtures And I painted the bathroom this color that I thought everyone would love, but apparently everyone hates. So, like, that's a detraction, right? But to your point, the couple that bought it, she was pregnant. They were just starting their family. They were this cute little couple. And I was like, this seems so hard that, like, my husband and I started our family for $60,000 less than you're starting your family. Like, And I think it was that supply issue, right? Because mm-hmm. it was under two fifty, which is a huge supply issue in Madison. So I just wanted to key in on that point that you brought up of there are some things you can do yourself. Absolutely. You can check listings on Zillow. You can send them to your realtor and say, oh, I love this or here's some ideas of my taste. But really engaging with a professional who can guide you and be like, I, you know, this is what I would offer on this house or like they're reasonable to say X, Y and Z things or they're blowing smoke out their hoo-ha by saying X, Y and Z, you know, is I think something that can't be overstated. Mm -hmm. And that opens up into another very confusing area in real estate of buyer agency. When you're a buyer having an, an agent who is your buyer's agent, which is a separate agreement between a buyer and realtor or licensee, similar to a listing contract between a seller and a licensee. But having a buyer's agent allows that realtor to give you advice on pricing, to give you advice on on defects and adverse material Mm -hmm. facts about the property, resale value. Otherwise, they have to represent the seller. Correct. If they don't have the buyer agency. That was fascinating to me. Like, I remember you were like, well, we need to sign this thing or otherwise, like, I can't really give you much information. But that's like little things like that where if you don't know that or if if the realtor or licensee is so busy that like, I don't know why they wouldn't disclose that. But if you don't have the information, you may not be making the best decision. And it's a massive decision. It's a huge decision. (laughs) Yeah, and sometimes it's about getting you know, making sure they're not overpaying, but also sometimes it's about making sure that they can win in a competitive scenario right. because it's it's not overpaying if it's something that you want for your family and it's going to make your life better. Mm-hmm. Each house, each piece of real estate is unique. It's not like you can shop around, you know, different websites and find the same table right. mm-hmm. for different prices. Mm-hmm. It's like there's that one house on that one plat on that one street and what is it to you? And generally, real estate appreciates. 
you know, the it, it only has depreciated for the few years during the 2008 recession, and then it went back Bounced up again. Back, yeah. So it's a good investment, and it's definitely something that can help you build wealth in all areas of your life, especially if you don't already own something. It's always a good time to buy yeah. and get in. Timing the buying and selling can be different depending on what your goals are and what mm -hmm. your situation is, but getting in and buying your first home is, is always a good investment. I think another thing that if our listeners, if you have not gone... I'm going to sound like one million years old, but my dad will be really proud of me that I'm saying this. If you have not gone to a financial advisor or financial planner, yeah. run, run. If you're a member at a credit union, they often have even fiduciaries, which is someone who is required to act in your individual best interest versus someone who is not a fiduciary and might be selling you things like you know, life insurance or things like that. A lot of, but we started with someone who was, you know, at a life insurance agency, but I remember the first time we got pre-approved for a loan with an actual banker, which was great. It was nice to see and be in person with someone. But I remember that he showed me the page and it was like, here's the mortgage you're taking out. <laughs> if you pay the life of the mortgage, here's how much you'll pay for your house. And it was like almost twice the value, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the hell? This is such a ripoff. <laughs> and he goes, if you don't like it, you could just buy it outright with the money you have. And I was like, shit, I don't have that mm -hmm, money. And he yeah. was like, exactly. Like, this is not a public service. A bank is still, you know, there to... Right. I mean, the, the bank is really the owner of the house. Right. So they're letting, letting right. you live there. But there's like, there's like certain things like that until you buy a home for the first time, you don't realize. And it can be so intimidating. Like, I had to game out every terrible scenario. I was like... When did I research? When did homes lose value? Mm -hmm. And I went back to 2008. <laughs> I multiplied that over the cost of our home. And then I did a similar scenario of how much I would lose in rent each month. Oh, of yeah. Like you're not building equity, yeah. right? And only then, though, could I be like, oh, this absolutely financially makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it, it is an intimidating thing that like, ladies, go get your financial home <laughs> in order and just understand what you're doing. Yeah. And, and I... I act for my clients as a real estate advisor, that I'm not there to help them buy their first home and then hopefully they remember me in seven years or 12 years to mm -hmm. sell it again and then hopefully, you know, whatever. I want to be their advisor on the real estate investment side. You know, you were mentioning a financial advisor. They're generally looking at public stocks and, yes. and yes. funds and other, you know, that Absolutely. way to invest your money. But I want to be for my clients... The person they come to to understand their equity in real estate and their wealth in their real estate. That's cool. Not all financial advisors bring that piece into the puzzle because mm -hmm. you need a realtor to understand Absolutely. what the values are. But especially with the rapid appreciation that we've seen in the last few years, I send out an annual update to my clients and say, like, here's your equity position this year. You know, because I can't wait to see that in like a month. <laughs> <laughs> You'll feel so um, good until your oh, taxes I can't wait. come in and you're right. like, oh, oh yeah. You, well. don't, you don't just need to know at the point that, at which you're selling. Yes. You need yeah. to know where you're, where you're standing throughout so you know what your, where your net worth is. You can use that equity to pull it out of the house and then invest in another property or to invest in your house, like if you want to finish your basement. That's, that's what a home equity loan is uh -huh. for those yes. who don't know it. Yep. You got, it's a world of secret things. You know, so like I've had clients who two years ago bought a home with 3% down and they have almost 20% equity in their home. Yeah. Wow. And once you're at that level or more, you could start to pull out that equity and use it for other things. Because then you're 
what is it, MPI insurance? Your PMI goes PMI away. PMI goes down. Mm-hmm. They're all the things that you need to learn. I can't. I'm going to be honest. I, <laughs> I think I um, like blacked out. Like the whole, <laughs> like the whole process. I think I blacked out the first like, time. I only remember this from the second time. I would argue. Oh, okay. Everything you said you did the second time? When you like assessed rent and like, no, I did okay. that. I did that. Yeah, the no, first, you did a lot was, more homework. I than am me. risk averse. I like I put, Solvay. Like, all I'm of terrified. my trust in Solvay. I was just like I, I don't, I don't know what else to do. I, I do want to add because from a marketing perspective, and I think it actually all ties to what you're saying with like the amount of information that's out there. For me, those kinds of experiences are like absolutely overwhelming. Like mm-hmm. I'm like ADHD. I'm like, can someone just tell me like exactly what I need? Because yes. you Google it and it's like, it's overwhelming. So I, I will say, and I don't know if you feel similarly that like word of mouth in this industry feels like still one of the biggest it does. levers for realtors and licensees. Because to me, like I couldn't, I don't know that I would have felt comfortable just like Googling or like realtor near me and like <laughs> seeing what I got. I had to find someone that that like someone else trusted mm-hmm. that could do this because I don't not that I don't have the brain power for it, but it's like I have zero interest in understanding these things, which is not OK. I, I need to understand them. But in the moment, especially I think anyone that bought during the pandemic or coming out of the pandemic, all I wanted was space. I Life was like, is overwhelming. Dear yeah. God, yes. just like find me a bigger house. Yes. <laughs> Here's the money I have. Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that from a resourcing perspective, there is information overload. But I also think that in a lot of ways, like there's also just a, what feels like a resource gap that's like easy to digest. So I know like I really appreciated that you guys had like a portal where you were updating us with information and what was due and like when to check in to ensure that like we locked in the APR because it, that's it, cool. Oh, yeah. It was super helpful. It's like the most that I did was just like following what they told that's me. That's really portal. cool. Cool, though. <laughs> we, our team, and I should mention I'm on Husky Homes mm-hmm. as my team. Real cute out logo. <laughs> and new office. Yep, brand new office. That everyone should go visit. We are very service-oriented and education-oriented. So we really want to be the, the team that is providing all that service and keeping mm-hmm. everything organized for you. And I think the key word that you said was trust. Like mm-hmm. you need to, you need to trust the person that is helping you manage this process. And so we have some some of those things that you mentioned that help manage the process. You know that we're going to be doing all these marketing services for you to get the That's top dollar cool. for your home. And it's a cliche, but referrals are mm-hmm. the biggest source of our business mm-hmm. because when you're looking for any any professional, whether it's a realtor or a financial advisor, you want somebody that you know, like, and trust. Yeah. And you know that, you know, they're going to be able to manage everything for you and get it done and that you like them and you want to hang out with them because yeah. you have to spend a lot of time together yeah. when you're looking for houses. <laughs> <We do>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were very fortunate that, you know, we were able to kind of buy and then sell separately. But I'm I speak for Brett as well that, like, he was just so impressed with how easy and supportive the wholesale process was with you guys too. Like, again, I just think that like, Nicole, you did your due diligence. So I think a lot of people don't, and you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you want to believe that it can be as easy as buying a car. Well, people don't but... realize that you can do that. that exactly. We have, that too. We have referral partners all over the country, all over the world that we can do the legwork and interview people and then say, this is who you should work with. They're mm-hmm, going to do a great right. job for you. And especially looking at your personality and your needs and location. Right. Right. And of course, your friends and family are a great source to get referrals to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, always feel like you can reach out to your realtor 
If you're moving across the country, they can find a resource for you. If you want mm-hmm. to buy a vacation home somewhere, they can find a realtor that's going to know what what's up. Yeah. So that was great that you did that. Yeah. I mostly just, yeah. <laughs> Trusted ladies. Yeah. Like they are the source. And I think that's, you know, like for any of our listeners who are thinking of buying a home or women who are thinking of buying a home independently, it's, I think- Alex, to your story, it's also like know what you need, mm-hmm. right? Either way, you should work with someone who you trust mm-hmm. and get along with and understands how you want the buying process to be or selling process or both. But also like know what you need. If you need someone to tell you each step of the way, if you need someone who's going to be patient AF while you game out every terrible scenario (laughs) and be like, just hang with me for a second while I do this. Like if you find someone that you're working with, like, I mean, hit up Solvay. And and if she's too busy because she's just like rolling in the clients, <laughs> then she'll tell you other You're fabulous never people. Too busy for your referral, right? But she'll find other fabulous people at her office. Oh yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So I I think this was super helpful. And we have one last burning question. Well, I have for two you. last burning. Okay, questions. go for it. I'm Alex. sorry. I want to make sure we got all of your brain tips and advice. <laughs> so I hear find someone you trust. Mm-hmm. Um, what other Two other key takeaways that you might have tips or advice for, I want to lean into women buying property, but anyone buying property. Yeah, trust your trust your friends and family as referral sources and reach out to them. And if they if they know somebody that they're going to tell you you should use this person, then they're also putting their neck or their skin Mm -hmm. in the game and Mm -hmm. saying, like, I know this person is going to do a good job for you. And definitely check out that that realtor is you know, active in mm. their field and, and make sure that they have a process that they're not just, oh, yeah, you want to go see a house? Let's, you want to go today at four? Let's go. Then you know that they're not, you know, they don't have an active process of explaining how the market is working and mm-hmm. trying to figure out, you know, is this even, because it's it's time, right? Yeah. You know, it's the seller's time that, that they're taking a half an hour to leave their home. That listing agent has to follow up with us then. Can you afford that house? Is it the right location? You know, all these these things that you need to have a discussion about before you just go out and see houses. If the realtor is not prepping you, right. they might not have their stuff together. And if that might be a red yep, flag. If they don't have a process of some kind of an introduction yeah. or I need your pre-approval letter before we go see mm-hmm. property or some kind of meeting. You know, where we at least talk just about level things. Set. Yeah. 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 To figure out what you need to your point earlier, Nicole. Yeah. And that's... The professionalism. And a lot of people are going online and clicking a button and saying, I want to go see this house. And then and that's how Zillow makes its money and other companies make their money is that realtors pay to be the person that gets contacted from those clicks mm. to, to follow up on that lead and to go out and show that property. And that's totally fine if they call and then they, you know, get all do all that due diligence before mm-hmm. they go out. But if somebody you call and they just want to go. I would uh, caution against that, (laughs) both from a professionalism and safety perspective. Great advice. Mm -hmm. Love that. Okay, last question is actually (laughs) a funny. We've heard Nicole listeners say, realtor, real law-ter this entire time. (laughs) Um, I say realtor, and I've actually heard Solvay saying, wait, you say it? I say realtor too. Realtor. Okay, yeah. I thought you might have put in more of an emphasis. On I put the an T-O-R emphasis on the T O R when we were talking about the N A R. Got realtor. it. Okay. Realtor. Yeah. 
which is it? Because I'm sorry, but I feel like even Selling Sunset and other shows, everyone says it differently mm-hmm. and, there, and there's no extra A. I feel like I'm about to be wrong. <laughs> it's not realtor. Ah! It's realtor. <laughs> But there's a history to it, right? Or uh, like an actual definition to it? Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to a real estate podcast and they talked about this, that when the NAR came about, they wanted to have to create a profession that differentiated the people that were members from the licensees, people that were just going out and getting real estate licenses. And so they just took real estate and and added an OR to it, like an ER, like teacher, doctor, you know, whatever. So like realtor. (laughs) Realtor. <laughs> and I should say I haven't researched that thoroughly, sure. but it's I probably that is true. what I yeah, it's probably true. It's probably true. That's but what yeah, happened with teach, teacher. Yeah, I don't know about doctor, and it's okay but... to pronounce it er. Realtor. Sure, just realtor. Not realtor. realtor. Yeah, Nicole. I'll we stop gotta, trying to make fetch get that. You I'm gotta sorry. get that A out of there. I don't know where that we other A is coming from. That's what I found. TV I find and, so fascinating yeah. is that people say it so differently. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, that was the biggest <laughs> schooling we all needed. Because there's listeners out there saying it with an A too. It's it's fine. It's Nicole. fine. You're it's in camp, Nicole. You need. We'll f- work on it together. <laughs> so sorry. I love I'm it. Glad I got that PSA out. Yeah, for sure. I agree. You're doing the good work here, Sylvie. Well, thank you again, Solvay, for joining us. This was super helpful. It's so good to just hear like a very clear, thoughtful voice talk through these things that (laughs) like when you read them online, there's no other voice to like try to digest it through. Right. So I think it's super helpful. And it's another important conversation that we're having because I do think that, you know, there are people starting from scratch that just don't know what to do. And so if there's nothing else that we can recommend, just make sure it's a trusted person and that it's someone that's going to get you the information you need, whatever level of information that is. If you're a Nicole and you did all the info and you just need to be shown around or if you're like me and you knew nothing and just (laughs) needed someone to do it all, it's important. Investing in your future, investing into property is a very big deal. And it doesn't feel like it until you're like really in it and you're like really putting money down on things. It's an intense process. So thank you for humanizing it is (laughs) probably the best way to say it. And I will include your Instagram in the show notes because I also think that what you're doing on Instagram adds so much value as well to people that, you know, are either looking for you as a referral as well as Husky Homes, looking for you guys as a referral or just like being an added resource, you know, to yes. like your your home buying process. Yep. And we try to use that as an education platform. Yeah. Too. It's very educational. And if full circle, if you want to go back at looking at beautiful homes, <laughs> the yeah. staging is on point. The staging is beautiful <laughs> is. all day long. Amazing. Well, thanks again, Solvay, for joining us. To our listeners out there, I hope you go buy a house if you don't have one. Because why not? Roll around to that equitable wealth. We want that story for you. Seriously, especially because you're a woman. Don't pay someone else's mortgage. Pay your own. Yes. There it is. I love it. Thank you again all for joining us for another fabulous episode of This Could Have Been an Email, the podcast. We'll catch you next time. Pásalo bien. What? Pásalo bien. Oh. Arrivederci. I don't know why I want to just talk Italian. Let's do it. Spanish, but. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) We'll just clean that on up. <laughs>